Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to yet another Melchester Odyssey. Roy of the Rovers, of course, from the 1980s. I have in my right hand, just switched from the left at the last minute there. No one's expecting mm. that, were they? Jassy. Yeah. It was the 24th of September, 1983, issue of Roy of the Rovers. Um, and the, across the top, it gives us a hint of a villa star in sign plays. Would you like to try and have a guess who the villa star might be? 1983. 1983. I'm going to go ahead and guess Gary Shaw. Okay, I'll give you one more guess. You're not going to get it. Mm. I'll tell you now. Really? Yeah, you're not going to get it. But remember before... I can't remember I got the other week. It was extraordinary. You got uh, Alvin Martin. Okay, here we go. Nigel Spink. I will reveal it to you. Alan Kerbishley. I didn't even know he fucking played for Villa. Well, exactly, Sam. That's why I said you wouldn't get it. (laughs) But you know what? I'm pretty sure he played for Birmingham City as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Not many lads have done that. Not many. He's one of them, though. Good old Kerbs. Yeah. Brother, of course. Manager of the Who. Yeah. What happened to Curbs? He was really highly... He was so highly rated when he was at Charlton, he was interviewed for the England job. Mm. Then he eventually came to West Ham, which always felt like his destiny, because mm. he's a, a West Ham lad. He did all right for West Ham, mm. but he quit because he was disgruntled about something. Oh, he quit. That's rare. Yeah, yeah, he quit because the board would, you know, buying and selling players without asking him. Right. And the club was, at that point, heading into financial difficulties anyway. Right. And so he quit. And uh, what was strange was, he never came back again, ever, yeah, he was, into he was, football. He was, conti- he was always linked with a job. Whenever a job would come up, he'd be linked with it, but never got it. Uh, yeah. And then he just, that was it, he just so. Uh, and I tell you what, more. thinking about his record there... It's very, you know, they always say, oh, the one thing you know about being a manager is that eventually, you know, it, it always ends in failure, right? Mm. So no one's got an unblemished record. I mean, maybe, I mean, the the real elite, like fucking Guardiola, Ancelotti, but they've had the privilege of only working at extremely rich clubs. Yeah. Ancelotti accidentally went to Everton for a while and the, when it dawned on him that they didn't have a bottomless pit of money like all the other jobs he does, he just fucked off. Yeah. But um, Kerbishley was a, a resounding success at Charlton, kept them in the Premier League for many years against all the odds, yeah. then eventually moved to West Ham, and his win ratio at West Ham, I mean, it wasn't the most exciting well, I'm looking football. At his win ratio at Charlton was 38.1%, and West Ham was 39.4%. They're not bad. It's not bad. I mean, in comparison to other managers at West Ham for a long time, I don't know if it's still the case, because Moyes has probably got the highest win rate uh, ratio of any manager now, but 
for a long time, I think he he was uh, certainly in the Premier League era. He he had our top win ratio, mm. um, so he had so he was he was good. He was good at Ch- very good at Charlton. He was decent at West Ham. So he doesn't actually have any sort of black marks against his name. And yet, after he quit West Ham, no one ever hired him. Maybe no. he just wanted to retire from public life, well, like we Pe- we dream of doing. And Peter Purvis did successfully. Mm. He um, he resigned. After key players Anton Fernandez and George McCartney were sold without his permission, I think they both were sold to, us, both to, to Sunderland. Sunderland. Mm. So it's Roy Kane's fault because it was Sunderland that did for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he sued the club for constructive dismissal and won. He won two point two million pounds in compensation. Well, then he he might have thought, "Fuck this! I've got two point two million. I'll have a couple if he years invested, off. I often think, and you know, people who are shrewder with money than me might disagree, but I reckon. If you were smart, if you were savvy, two point two million quid. Even if you're just in your forties, like we are, yeah, you could you could get that. You could stretch that out yeah. until you're lovely and dead. Well, Do you know already, what I mean? Like, he'd already had a playing career and seventeen years in management, so he would have had a few savings in the bank. And then that two point two million—that's a pension, isn't it? Uh, I'd take the two point two, mate, and I mm. would immediately invest in all every penny in crypto. I'd convert the lot, the lot. into crypto. Yeah, all that, the same, that day, all into the same crypto coin, whatever it's I called. I wouldn't spread. Wouldn't I'd spread choose it. one crypto. On red. Yeah, um, I think it's called if I think it's called ephemeral. That's the one I like. Is that a good one? I'd, I'd call. I'd call up my broker. And I'd just say, right, lump it all on ephemeral. <laughs> you broke and then I'd hold, I, what I'd do is, mate, I'd hold my nerve. So yeah. even when it crashed because China and America made it completely illegal, for mm. instance, shit like that can happen in crypto. But I'd just hold my nerve. Yeah. And uh, by the back. time I needed to cash out for my rig in Mallorca, yeah. um, I'd probably be able, I probably wouldn't even have to convert it. By that stage, probably any estate agent in Spain would accept mm. crypto. In exchange for bricks and mortar, yeah, in exchange for a, a retirement rig, yeah. I'd so I wouldn't be same. surprised if that's exactly what Curbs has done. Yeah, I, he might have been ahead of the curve. He might have got onto Bitcoin early doors, and that's why now, because we don't even see him on the box, do we? Yeah, that's the I, that's the thing. He's just not around. He he went to Fulham in 2013 as technical director for, for two months, right. and then Felix Magath, right. the mad German, came in, and <laughs> yeah. then he was dismissed. Yeah. So, Fucking hell! And then he went back again um, in 2015 for a bit. He's just doing a bit of this and a bit of that, and a bit of consultancy work, I think they call it. Mm. He's just doing whatever he wants to do. Good for him. It's just rest. Well done, Cubs. Uh, I've just got some breaking news that I think is relevant to Top Flight Time Machine, so I'm All just right. going to run it by you. Yes, yes, yes. My mate uh, Ollie, who I talk about from, the, I've actually got two mates called Ollie. Oh, and right. uh, so it's confusing. But one of them, uh, has, I talk about him from time to time on the show. And he, like all of my friends, I'm sure all of yours, it prides himself on having never listened to any of my output. Mm. Which I think is good. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's good. I mean, none of my mates, they just think, what the fuck is it? You, yeah. What, what's this daft shit? I don't care. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I can listen to you for free and I don't even like it then. Yeah. Right. Probably so, but best. some, but I think he works with some younger colleagues who do enjoy the podcast, right. and occasionally they report back to him things that yeah. have been said. 
But who knows what stage? We make so many of these fucking podcasts. Who knows what stage? He's just sent me this message. Just now I'm sitting there and it just says, I hear my death would be mitigated by the quality of my wife's cooking at the funeral. That's all he said. And I'm sitting there right. and going, what the, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah. Don't but his that. wife's from Thailand. She's a really good cook. She like she right. can cook like, you know, like better than Thai restaurant quality Thai wow. food. It's amazing. She'll like make spring rolls the lot, right? From scratch. I'd, I'd be keen to go to this funeral. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a fucking, it would be knockout funeral, right? Yeah. Plus, I'm not saying I want him to die just for the food. Yeah. But he's right. Mitigation is the right is the right word. Well, it's a, it's a double chance for me. First of all, I don't know the lad, so I wouldn't feel too sad. Secondly, the spread yeah. would be incredible. And thirdly, incredible. you've got a widow who can cook up a storm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're thinking three steps ahead here. Yeah. You better, you're going to buy a new suit for this funeral. <laughs> well, as and I said, I'll get you in. I'll get you in as my plus one, mate. But as, as you've said, we don't want him dead. But he's going to die eventually. Do, do funerals have the equivalent of a best man? Because I'm his best <laughs> mate, so I reckon yeah, I'd be do. like the... I'd be the main guy at yeah. the funeral. I'd it's, be helping with arrangements, and I'd I'd definitely be giving like a knockout speech. It's the one who does the reading. Yeah, that's the best man. Yeah, that would definitely be me. So I'm reckoning that I might get my own guest list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're gonna four. let you. We're gonna let you have four. Mm. And my wife's friends with him anyway, so she won't count as on my guest list. She'll just she'll be, be a separate. She'll, she'll have her own separate yeah. invite. So I'll have Sam plus four, and I'll mm. stick you on it, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Uh, but this, I'm just guessing this must be through the podcast, but I, this, is this a conversation? I mean, effectively, the conversation we're having now, can you remember us having it before? No idea. It must be one from nine months ago, at least. It must be an old IFS one. No idea. I hear my death would be mitigated by the quality of my wife's cooking at the funeral. Uh, I'm guessing it must be a top flight thing. I, yeah. I just, I just, I won't respond. He won't, you know. I mean, he's not the type to give a shit either way. <laughs> he doesn't fear death. Just, can you, Does, he doesn't fear death. No, that's a good, it's a good policy. Can you just put yeah. no comment, maybe? That'll get you out of it. I decline to comment. No, I'll just say yes, it would. <laughs> when are you planning on dying? <laughs> When are you planning on dying? I'm starving. <laughs> I could do with I could do with a tie. <laughs> I could do with a pad tie. Yeah, that's good. Good feed, feedback in real time there. Mm, good. Let's have a look at this Roy of the Rovers then. So on the front page, it's another. It's a four-page story again. They must have responded to my grievances last mm. week. Have it just been mm. three pages? And we see Roy. Uh, pulling up in his supercar at the Arndale Sports Centre, um, which has got a wonderful font on its frontage. It's a great classic letter set font. Um, big couple of letters. <laughs> and it Isn't says, it that has been letter setted. Totally. It says, It's a full life for Roy Reyes, former idol of Melchester Rovers, now player manager of Walford Rovers. And there's a bunch of tracksuited youngsters there waiting for him, various coloured tracksuits. Hooray! Good old Roy! They all shout as he pulls up. He's going to present the trophies at our six-a-side tournament. 
And he must be thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. Thanks for explaining that, dickhead. <laughs> we, we know what he's here for. That's why we're all fucking stood out here going mental. <laughs> Don't have to explain it. There he is. He's at the sports centre. And he's been led to his seat by, it looks like, I guess it's the CEO of the sports yeah. centre behind mm-hmm. him there. A red-headed Hello. man. In My a name suit. is Sir John Arndale Sports Centre. Founder of Arndale Sports Centre. <laughs> the most in... successful sports equipment <laughs> shop in Melchester. Back in 1862, I founded this <laughs> sports centre. We've never looked back. We sell the lot. Cricket bats, cricket pads, cricket boxes, the ones that cover your ball sack. The lot, Roy. Ping pong bats, paddles, they call them. Darts flights. Darts flights. <laughs> Raljek spray for when you've got a knock and you want to numb it. <laughs> squash balls, squash rackets. Squash racket covers. Table tennis nets <laughs> with the clamps at either end, dry. <laughs> Tap dancing shoes. That's a recent uh, sideline. Some people that say that's not a sport. I beg to differ. <laughs> Personally, I'd say it's more of a sport than darts. Um, Running you know. singlets. Running singlets, male and female, <laughs> and unisex. <laughs> <laughs> Crossbows, bow and arrows, <laughs> sweatbands, headbands, leg warmers, <laughs> sock ties, <laughs> pom poms for cheerleaders. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming along. <laughs> then clips you put on your nose when you're swimming stop the water going up. I don't think he sells anything. It's just it's like a leisure centre. It's not a fucking sports. Shop. Oh no, we've got a concession <laughs> in there. <laughs> got a shop round the back. Because <clears throat> look at it. It's got a massive crowd. They've come to watch this six-a-side tournament. And the fella said, considering all the problems you have at the moment, Roy, we're particularly grateful that you could make it. Look at Roy's face. Right. Fucking hell. Right. Thinks. Why did I sign up for this shit? <laughs> he thinks. I wish everyone would, wouldn't keep going on about my problems in commas. <laughs> I can't remember when or why I agreed to do this. Very often I say yes to things once in advance. And I've, I've, I've thought it once, I've thought it a million times. Put yourself. Imagine how you'll feel on the day you actually have to do the thing. I never want to do the thing. As far as I'm aware, there's no fucking cash involved in this either. So I'm going to try and get it over and done with double quick. Is this the thing? Has it started yet? Oh. Right, where do I stand? All right, where's the photographer? Smile, shake hands. See you later. TTFN, dickheads. Look, Sir John, the only problem I've got right now is this fucking... This commitment. I'll tell you what, Sir John. Right, I understand when I agreed to this that there was no cash fee arranged. That's fine. So what I need you to do is actually it's better for me for tax purposes. I need you to give me, like, the equivalent of a trolley dash around your sports shop concession. (laughs) Let's call it 10 minutes. I can move quite fast. (laughs) I reckon 10 minutes I can probably fill three trolleys up. Probably clean you (laughs) out. Now, send one of them kids down to Safeways and tell them to nick me three shopping trolleys and bring them back here. (laughs) Jalapeño. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jalapeño. Here comes the six-a-side tournament. There's a very hairy defender there in the red. Um, very red-faced as well. Yeah. So, uh, small goals, of course, but that doesn't stop Gavin Lawrence, who puts it past the keeper. Yes! What a goal by Gavin Lawrence! A Are real Roy of the is Rovers it, effort! What? Is this indoors? This yeah, pitch? it is, yeah. Looks great, doesn't it? I used to love yeah. playing on in an indoor uh, pitch with small goals and mm. bouncing it off the wall. Of course. It's got AstroTurf as well, I think. Fucking brilliant fun, wasn't it? I mean, do you remember the five-a-side or six-a-side tournament that used to be on on a Wednesday night at Wembley Arena and it would just yeah. all take place in one night but your actual fucking first-team squads... I know, they just wouldn't allow on. that now, would they, because of injuries. It was amazing. But it was so exciting uh, uh, sitting and thinking who would be your five-a-side team yeah. from your first 11. Yeah. And you'd always, when you did it, you'd always, basic, for some reason, you'd always pick the shortest players. <laughs> Of course, closest to the ground. That was your rationale, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Because you, you, know, head, you can't go above head height, you've got to keep it at the yeah, floor. You, you, you don't want a tall cunt involved in a game yeah, like that. That was that was so exciting. It used to be on sports night. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, Years later, they did a, um, a tournament on Sky, which was a... It was, it was um, uh, Pro Celebrity Six Aside, oh right? Oh, God, right. I can't like remember what they... It was a bit like that, but it was a tournament. Right. right, and it was um, they they monkeyed with the rules. It was it was really daft, but it was very competitive. And there was a thing where you could kick the ball. I'm sure I didn't dream this. You could kick the ball up a tube, and it went up. <laughs> it went up the tube. I'm not joking, right? There was a tube sort of above the goal, and right. if you could get the ball in that, it would go up the tube and like score you an extra load of points. Ding, and ding, there'd ding, be ding. things like a magic ball where like suddenly a, a siren would go off and if you scored in the next 30 seconds, the yeah. goal was worth three. Mad Fucking shit like that. Some, someone out there listening, please remember and tell me what this was. It was that on sounds... Sky. I'm talking about 15 years ago. Right. I mean, yeah, that sounds awful. I know, they I know you think this, this sounds thing. like a fever, fever dream, right? Yeah. But it was true. Because I remember watching it one night and West Ham were in it. So there was professionals, but there was also celebrity fans, Right. John Olford. I've got, got a feeling that Danny Dyer, a young Danny Dyer, might have been playing for West Ham. There's a few. Most of the players playing for West Ham were actors from the film canon of Nick Love. Yeah. You know the films of Nick Love, <laughs> yeah. right? The Business, of course, the best film of all time, and various other films that he's made. All of them <laughs> a right rollicking laugh, all of them. Um, but... So they were all those kind of actors on West Ham's team. And anyway, we got to the final and there was this one bloke who's one of the guy, actors from the business. I can't remember the actors. I can't remember the character's name, but he's the right nasty, nasty, nasty bastard in the business who Danny Dyer's character calls Ronald McDonald, right? And uh, he's got a really evil face. Anyway, he was playing for West Ham. He was fucking superb, right? 
He was so good. I think McAvenny was playing for West Ham, but he was better. He was our best player, better than mm. any of our pros. And when we won the final, like he scored the winner and he was so good. And I was out of my chair like I was watching real football, going fucking mad with excitement, right? right. Punching the fucking air, right? like, like acting like we'd won the Champions League. The next day, the next day, I'm still buzzing. I'm on come down from us winning this fucking stupid, <laughs> perverse football tournament Jesus on Christ. Sky. <laughs> I'm in London's fancy celebrity watering hole, the Groucho Club. Oh, right. I'm in there, and as I'm walking out, who should walk in but this geezer? Right. Wow. I'm going to look him up now so I can name him. Okay. Um. Uh. And. I go to him, mate. Right, Jeff Bell is his name. Jeff, Jeff Bell. Bell. He's a, <laughs> Great he's a name. brilliant actor, a brilliant actor with a brilliant name. Right, Great name. and and a, and a really like scary face. And I've gone, oh, Jeff Bell. And he's gone, oh, hello. Trying to work out, he knows where I go, mate. I fucking watched that tournament last night. You're incredible. And he goes, oh, did you like it? I said, you were the best player. And I was all over him like a rash, right? Oh, it yeah. was like yeah. crazy, like so excited to meet Jeff Bell. Mm. Yeah, mainly because of his performance, but also genuinely, I, I I believe the business to be the best film of all time. Right, okay. Right? <laughs> Should we dive it at some point? The business shits on Citizen Kane, <laughs> right? And I, I, I will fucking, I will die on that hill. I'm looking at um, Jeff Bell. I recognise him, but I don't know why. Green yeah. Street, have the you, business, have you, Kingsman have you Secret seen, Service. Have you seen the business? No, I haven't. No. Oh mate, it is it is, it is dire. It is, it's dire in his prime. Peak dire. It's, in his pomp. It's prime. It's peak dire, <laughs> and it's peak Jeff Bell, and it is. A, we, it's a beautiful film. Can we move this along? We've got Roy Rice to look at. Can I just tell you? It's yeah. got the line. It's got this line. Danny Dyer knocks on Jeff Bell's door. Right. Jeff Bell opens the door. They're on Costa del Crime. It's all set on the Costa del Crime. Jeff Bell answers the door, looks Danny Dyer up and down, then leans back into the house and says the line, did someone order a cunt? Because <laughs> one's just turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, I go to Jeff Bell. Fucking hell, Jeff Bell, blah, 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 blah. And then we'd have a chat and I go, I didn't even know you were a West Ham, mate. And he went, he leant in. And do you know what he said to me? He said, I'm not, mate. They just drafted me in because they needed a spare last minute. And I go, well, who do you support then? Guess what he said. No, Millwall. Yes, Millwall. He supported Millwall, but he fucking won the tournament for West Ham. Well, Obviously, my opinion of Jeff Bell has just dropped considerably. Well, I just think, I feel this is a long game because there's no way Millwall... You know what Mill are like? They're canny and they're strategic. Yeah. And there is no way they would have allowed that to happen by chance or yeah. accident. There's something coming There's down something the line, isn't going there? on there that yeah. was a long game and we still haven't seen what the Quite end what game is. is. Yeah, mm. we wait. The wait continues. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, over the page, into the from the front cover, into the, the main comic itself. Uh, even Roy felt uplifted by the sheer enthusiasm of the young players. Go! Another one goes in, and Roy thinks to himself, young Lawrence looks very promising, but all the lads are giving 100%. It's tremendous stuff. <laughs> He's starting to get interested. He's enjoying it. At the end of the tournament, 
he says uh, he's handing over a big cup and he said to young young Gavin who um, what was the cunt's name again Gavin Lawrence oh he's mentioned him three times now He's probably going to sign him up isn't he selected yeah. the player of the tournament was one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had that's a lie uh, <laughs> but Gavin is a worthy winner well done lad bravo and I can tell you I've had some difficult jobs when I was a trainee I got a job washing the seats in a mental home and I can fucking tell you that was not a walk in the park that was tough but this was tougher this was tougher than washing shit and spunk off of sheets that had been ruined by a fucking basket cases people are unable to control themselves I'm not blaming them I'm not pointing fingers but they did what they did and I they, had to clean them up some of these people, they were, there's only, I don't know whether it's the politically correct term, but they were fucking backward, a lot of them. <laughs> they were off their fucking rockers. There was shit, piss, blood, the lot. I think and some like of them I say, feigned also it. Also, spunk. I think some of them feigned it just to get in there and just behave badly because they could. Just do what the fuck they wanted. Pants on their head, everything. Yeah. And I was the cunt having to stick it all on the boil wash. But well, like anyway. I say, as tougher as that was, <laughs> this was tougher. Well done, Gavin. <laughs> Gavin, I'm sorry if what you just heard uh, was upsetting for you, I, but there we have it. I hope for you a life free of mental turmoil. Good luck. Congratulations. <laughs> you seem like a lad who's got his head screwed on, but you never know. The human mind is a dangerous thing. It can turn on you. Without any fucking warning. You wake up one morning, there's voices telling you to do all sorts. Just to think on. So there's that trophy. Look after it. Don't shit on it or spunk on it. If you can... Or bleed help, into it. If no, you can help it. Just keep it safe. Give it to your man to stick on the mantelpiece. Something like that. Oh, God. You're probably going to... I've probably sown a seed there. You're probably going to be thinking a lot now about shitting and spunking on it. I shouldn't have said anything. I've got to say... That these lads, some days I envied them. I'd look at them, I'd be, look at them. They're just living in man's natural state. They're free. All this stuff, clothes, shoes, jobs, taxes, homes, families. It's all a fucking human, it's a societal construct. It's not natural. Man is born to live wild. And that's what these lads were doing. They were living a natural life. They didn't have an accountant. They didn't keep books. If they wanted a shit, they just did it where they were standing. <laughs> they, had, they had absolutely no concept of the existence of teletext. And I envied them for it. Because <laughs> they didn't have all the fucking information and data spinning around their minds 24-7 that fucking makes us go fucking barmy. In many ways, they're the same ones. They were just going around thinking, when's the next time I can conjure up some spunk for that seat? <laughs> they'd just have to they'd spunk up and then they'd have something to eat and wait for their you know for their ball bag to replenish and some of them it was remarkable how quickly it did <laughs> I'm talking three minutes three minutes and they'd get half a pint load back out <laughs> I mean we have we have a sort of a league table in, in the dressing room at Melchester right we did yeah. before I left and funnily enough, it was always Paco Diaz who could get the most out, quantity and quality. But they said that was because of his Spanish diet. Lots of olive oil and fresh vegetables. 
Fresh fish too. Oily fish. Apparently, <laughs> oily fish is great for it. The oil, the oil goes straight to the balls. <laughs> You'll find that we- about forty percent of spugs' consistency is oil. <laughs> The worst, always put on the table, was Duncan Mackay because he lived only off fried breakfasts. <laughs> and uh, apparently that is awful for spunk generation. <laughs> he'd get a little fucking thimble full out after 20 minutes of robbing at it. And then, and then he'd have to wait 24 hours for the next go. Out else till the next day. Sad, sad to watch because he tries hardest. He, he, had, he his, had a terrible yield. His, fa- <laughs> his yield was awful. <laughs> It brought the average of the team down. Something wrong. <laughs> I thought about selling them on many occasions. Uh, but of course, now I'm at Walford and I've yet to set up the same sort of thing in the dressing room. I've been biding my tags. It's not the sort of thing you try to suggest on day one. <clears throat> you have to size up some of the players, see if they're, you know, if they're up for, up it. for it. I think I need to get rid of Joe Bellamy first before I can implement it. I think he'd be a. I can uh, just imagine him causing a fuss. He'll, he'll be straight off to HR, he's that sort of cunt. Yeah, oh, the, the gaffer's tried to make us have wanking contests. He'll be on the front of fucking Gordon Taylor at the PFA. Fucking <laughs> that unions. Cunt. That I had enough problem with him. So anyway, there's the cup, son. Best of luck with it. <laughs> <laughs> might invite you down for a trial at some point when you're a bit older. I might I think, be able to arrange for you to go for a little tour of the mental home as well, if you're lucky. I think See le- some of these lads in action for yourself. I'm not sure how old you are, so legally speaking, it might not be a good idea to get you down there at, uh, at Walford straight away. But uh, one for the future. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Practice hard, train hard, focus. One day, you could be like me. Don't wag too much. You know what? Let's leave it there. We're not getting anywhere with this this issue. Uh, there's still a long way to go, so we'll make this well, a two-part. Well, how do you define getting anywhere with an issue? I think that we've gone... I, I, getting deep. anywhere basically is reaching the end. Oh, and we've, right. We've, oh, we've wow. just done one, two, three, five panels, and there's another one. Okay. Don't be keen, mate. 15. I mean, one day we could finish all Roy of the Rovers, and then where will that leave us in our lives? Oh, yeah, I'm quite happy to spread it out. Quite happy to spread mm. it out. We'll, we'll go back and do a different comic. We'll do Johnny Dexter's Hardman or something like that. Or the Mighty Mouse. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. And we'll come back to it next week and see what or else happens. sake. Yeah, we'll do the Fierce Yet Chronicles. All right, then. Thanks very much for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 